discipleship class. And today we are studying from chapter 10 uh, in the book, Heaven, uh, starting at paragraph what, Lee? Paragraph 87.4, the 144,000. Okay, and before we get started, I'm going to offer a word of prayer. Your kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful, Lord, for another day of life and for the opportunity to come together and study out of the spirit of prophecy, Lord, and to learn uh, those things, Lord, that uh, pertain to our salvation. And Lord, I pray that as we study, um, Lord, that uh, we would get a vision of heaven, Lord, and so much so that we desire to be there, so much so that we order our lives according to your will. Now, bless us, Lord, as we study. Uh, bless each and every participant, Lord Jesus, and open up our understanding by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Glad everybody tuned in today for our study. And we're talking about the 144,000. And of course, we all have heard different ideas or thoughts on who's the 144,000. Is it individuals? Is it groups of people? Is it churches? Is it totally symbolic? Et cetera, et cetera. Uh, um, a lot of things in the Bible, you know, they're just not given a lot of detail in the scriptures. There's enough for us to be saved, but... Many times we have to go to the spirit of prophecy writings where God has instructed his prophet on some details and things. And then even when we do that, you can't just read one sentence or one paragraph and think that's everything. So we want to make sure that um, when we study, we study more than just one little thing and think we got the answers because nobody knows everything uh, about what God has prepared for us or what he's has in store for us. Uh, so we have to be careful that we don't think we have all the answers and just continue our study because we'll continue studying even after we get to heaven from, through the ceaseless ages of eternity, we'll still be learning and growing and understanding more and more uh, by and by. So 144,000, I was reading, uh, says they were we were on our way to Mount Zion. This is the prophet's uh, envision. As we we're traveling along, we met a company who were also gazing at the glories of the place. And what did she say she noticed on these folks' garment? Red as a border. Red, red as border. A border on their garment. Mm -hmm. Okay, red border on their garments. What else? Their crowns were, crowns were brilliant and their robes were purest or pure white. Yes, that sounds like a special group of folks, red borders on their garment, brilliant crowns, robes, pure white. Uh, who do you think that's reserved for? What type of people? It's the people that were, were murdered for God, for God. Okay. Karen, you were saying something too? Oh, Patsy said it. Mm. Okay, Lakita, you said something? Yes. <laughs> Okay, Patsy said the people that were murdered for him, right? Uh, what's the other word it says? Martyred. Martyred. Which means murdered, right? For <laughs> their faith, right. Yeah, so these people have been martyred for faith in Christ. Uh, you know, we all know that during the Dark Ages, thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people were killed for their belief in God, for their belief in his Ten Commandment law, for their belief in Christ throughout the ages, Folks have just had a problem with somebody disagreeing with them. You know, even now people get murdered because of disagreements, just simple stuff, you know, because the sanctity of human life, not always taken into account by someone who's allowed their emotions to get the best of them or who has allowed their ego to get the best of them. And when you disagree with somebody on something, just it can be something as simple as what to eat for breakfast and the person can't handle that, feeling like they're rejected, they can't handle it, and they end up killing somebody. You know, Karen, I know you've worked on probably a lot of cases where the person was murdered or killed, homicide, and then when you think about the reason they did it, it's like, you gotta be kidding me. That was the reason that you murdered somebody? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, just, just, to, just to piggyback on that, it wasn't a case mm -hmm. I actually worked on, but I don't know if you all remember years back when uh, one of the one of the 
I think it was, uh, what was the store that's gone out of business now? Uh, I don't want to say Safeway, but it was one of the stores we had in St. Louis over on Kings Highway and guys came in right around closing time and murdered everybody. Mm. And their reasoning was, and I have worked on cases like this, their reasoning was, well, if we kill everybody, we won't be convicted because we've killed all the eyewitnesses. And their assumption was that the only thing that would convict them was eyewitness testimony. It's ridiculous. It's sad. You know, mm-hmm. trick of the devil to make us forget that we're all created in the image of God. And mm-hmm. so you forget that, and you forget that this person has a family. They have uh, goals and aspirations. They love the Lord. They're trying to get to know the Lord or whatever. When you forget all that and you just kill them, you take all that away. But many times these people shooting folks, they don't think that much, think it through. And all they think is, well, he messed with me or she said something to me and they ain't going to do it again. But you have just taken a, a piece out of history. You have just ruined someone's entire uh, lineage. They can have no children, no ancestors, no grandchildren. But people like that, they're not thinking of that. But it's just sad. And so all these people with the red on their uh, garments have been slain for their belief in Christ. It's just- I'm sorry, where where are we? 87.4. Thank you. The 144,000. Okay. Yeah. I think that definitely applies to the little ones. Some of the other ones may have already, Referencing what you said, may already have children and grandchildren, but it definitely applies to the little ones that, you know, they didn't even have a chance to grow up. And it just, oh, when you think about your grandchildren and you think about, okay, it's one thing to say, okay, you throw me over a cliff, but it's another thing to say, you throw my grandbabies over a cliff too. You know, that's hard. That's hard to think about. Just the devil trying to ruin the image of God in man, you know, and take away all the sanctity of life. And there are so many people just doing that. Is You just read every morning, you read about more people being killed. But either way, these folks were faithful. It's a, it's a good thing you are being punished for being faithful to God. Not good if you're being punished for doing wrong, but it's right. a good thing if you're being punished for doing the right thing according to God's will. And can- right. And the little ones, what does it say about the little ones in heaven? Um, it says, I, I saw a little ones climb, or if they chose, use their little wings and fly to the top of the mountains and pluck the never-fading flowers. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. It says uh, there were all kind of trees. Any of y'all like to grow plants and trees and flowers? Yes, I do. Okay. Do you have a box tree? A box tree? What you yeah. Pine tree? I do have some pine trees out in the yard. Fir mm-hmm. tree, oil, myrtle, pomegranate, fig tree. All I these- have a mar- I have a crepe myrtle. Mm-hmm. And I have evergreen trees and stuff. And we've all probably seen a pomegranate in mm. trees. Uh, so all those type of trees are right there in heaven and make mm-hmm. it glorious because they were all over. Then it says, uh, as we, she says, as we're about to enter the temple, what did Jesus do? Uh, he raised his lovely voice and said, only the 144,000 entered this place. Hmm. And, if and we shouted hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> I caught that. Uh, says Jesus raised his lovely voice. So, uh, he didn't just holler at them, y'all can't come here. You know, he was just saying, oh, this is just reserved for these special people. And everybody says, hallelujah. The temple supported uh-uh. by. I ain't, Elder Carol, I wouldn't be just saying, I'd be like them. I'd be shouting it. Yeah. It says the temple is supported by seven pillars. Do you think that's important? Well, seven is yes. the number of perfection. Oh, okay. So the temple is supported by seven pillars, meaning completion. All of what kind of gold? Little pieces of gold? No. Transparency. Transparency gold. 
Yeah, and what else is transparent gold in the city? Pearls. The streets are gold, transparent gold. Has anybody ever seen transparent gold? No. I haven't. Yeah, nothing. We don't have transparent gold here. And then uh, she couldn't even describe all the beautiful things she saw there. The tables of stone with the 144,000 names written in it. And then the Lord, she says in the next paragraph, the Lord has given me a view of other worlds. Wings were given me and an angel attended me from the city to a place bright and glorious. Uh, what do y'all think about her saying about the other worlds? Anybody believe there's other worlds? Yes, I believe there's other worlds. Yeah, there's definitely other worlds. We would be very um, vain to think that we were the only thing in God's creation. And I think the other worlds are looking at us because we're the only planet that has sin. And I, I, I'm going to be honest, if I'm on the other planets, I'd be like, I don't ever want that to happen to our planet. I mean, I would be pleading with the Lord saying, I'd be glad when you, you know, put it into that planet so we don't have to look at all that stuff anymore. <laughs> Yeah, the Lord let her see other planets. The other night I was looking at the documentary about the Hubble Space Telescope, and they were showing how in order for the Space Telescope to see way deep out into space, it has, it has to orbit planet 11 times in order to get those pictures. And they were showing like hundreds and thousands of other galaxies way out there that we can't even see with our naked eye. So out of those hundreds and thousands of other galaxies, obviously there's got to be some other inhabited worlds. You know, we're, yeah, not, you see, we're not the only one. Because you see what she said. She said she couldn't bear the thought of coming back to this dark world again. She even begged him, the angel to let her stay there. <laughs> How she begged the angel? She didn't have no say. Uh, the angel didn't have no say. Angel said, nah, sister, you got to go on back. You still got some work to do. I want to say this is just for us angels. I want to share something with you guys. You notice that her body was here on earth. So how was she there in the presence of the holy angel? I'm sure he had I to think get her spirit somehow. was with the holy angel. So does that say, you know, some I have read where Sister White says, you know, when we bow down in prayer, then we come to the um, to the gates of heaven. You know, and I'm thinking about her, and she was there, although not physically. So what does that say to us about our minds and where our minds are traveling from a day-to-day -day basis and a moment-by-moment -moment basis, you know, where, where we allow our minds to go. Our bodies may be here, but what does that say about our minds? Just a thought. Well, you know, I think there's a text in the Bible that God tells us to make sure we um, protect our minds from, you know, being deceived, etc. That means that things can happen in your mind. It's like, and I'm going to be honest, I said, you know, sometimes when I be driving, and I'm not a night driver, so I have special glasses, but if I don't have the right glasses on, I be seeing these bright lights, and I be thinking, you know, it's a big old car, truck. When it, when it get up on me, it's like a motorcycle or something, but my mind said it was a huge truck. Mm -hmm. And also what comes with that are the feelings. I think they were talking about it um, well, Andre brought it up this morning, you know, after the, after the sermon, Andre brought up how our subconscious and how, you know, the subconscious doesn't know what's real and what's not real, which is true. And so then whatever we experience consciously in our minds, whether the conscious mind know that this is not real, the subconscious don't. So we may still experience all of the feelings but this is just profound. Does this not mean that if we allow the Lord to just really use us and the Holy Spirit to use us, that we can travel with God, although we are still here on earth? Just a thought. 
Okay. Uh, also, it mentions in 89.1, Abel will receive immortality. And it mentions Abel because it's talking about the dead in Christ rising. Why does it start at Abel? He was the first one to he was, he was the first one to die. Mm -hmm. Right. Lakita's saying the first martyr for God. Uh, mm -hmm. Starting with Abel, all the way through to the end of time, all the precious dead, to the last saint that dies shall awake to glorious immortal life. So that's a lot of people, isn't it? That's yes. that great multitude that nobody can number on the sea of glass. So uh, we started out with the 144,000. We know that's not them because there's way more than that number of people who died for Christ. Uh, let's go to paragraph 89.3 where it starts out, overcomers will receive the crown. You know, in life, there's a lot of ways that we can be called or be called or considered successful. You know, if you have good education or if you raised a family or you have nice uh, home or nice car, a nice job or, you know, a good uh, or you're helping the community or whatever. So there's a lot of things that people call successful in this life. What does it say about success in this paragraph? Uh, let no man flatter himself that he is a successful man unless he preserves the integrity of his conscience. You're not successful unless you are um, have integrity. Give himself wholly to the truth and to God. Okay, so she's saying that no one is man or woman should consider themselves successful unless they have preserved the integrity of their conscience and given themselves wholly to truth to the truth. And to God. So there's a lot of people the world calls successful. They got a lot of money. They drive their own plane or whatever. But there's a lot of these people who have lied, cheated, and steal and stolen their way to that, that those things. There's people at the top of corporations who have murdered folks to get there. So that's not what God calls successful. The world might look at those people and say, oh, they're so successful. Not according to God, because they have lost integrity of conscience they have not given themselves to the truth or to God. So we have to be very careful when we're trying to be successful that the success that we look for is the type of success that God looks for also. Any thoughts on success? You know, you know, Elder Carroll, as I reviewed this, because I'm chapters ahead, I reviewed earlier this week, and I said this, this next little thing stuck out to me because I'm always asking God, for patience, faith, and love. It says uh, patience, faith, and love is for the duty or the lessons we must learn. And I said it's a constant, it's a constant prayer because I said I know sometimes just in as I go through the day, I lose patience. As, and I said, and I'm going to give an example with people driving and going through red lights and stuff. I just get so impatient because I'm like, I'm sitting here abiding by the law. And you are tooting and cussing me out, and you're going through something, you know, that, that you see is red. But I said, and I have to learn that, you know, God is in control. And so I have to keep asking him, Lord, give me patience to deal with people as they deal with me and to love those that are like me sometimes are hard to love. <laughs> well, like you say, it takes prayer and it takes uh, every day work, every day we have to subdue self and look to Jesus as our guide. And we were coming from my niece's baptism earlier and people was running red lights and stop signs, you know, like you're saying, Patsy, and we just looking at them like, what's wrong with these people? You know, maybe blue cars get to run red lights today or something, but it's just how people are. So we have to remember we're looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, not to other people. We don't need to be called successful by others. We need to be called successful by Christ. Amen. That's what we're aiming for. Uh, it continues on 89, no, on 90.1, paragraph 90.1. And it says, if you want, want to be a saint in heaven, what? You must be a saint be a on saint the earth. earth. Mm, that's pretty easy to do, ain't it? No. Yes, of no. course. Uh-oh, got a yes and got a no. Mm -mm. 
Tell me about it. It's not I say no because it's a constant, like you said, it's a constant process. You have to stay in com- you have to stay in communion with Christ and be able to let the Holy Spirit convict you of your inequities and your and your sins that you can turn to God and say, I need to repent, I need to ask for forgiveness. Hmm. Lakita, what was you saying? Yeah, uh, some, 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 Go ahead, Alfina. Sometimes people work my nerves. And I'll be wanting to respond like the old me. I mean, I didn't went too bad to old me, but it's like, wow, let me hold back. I thought that was gone. I just, I thought she was gone. I'm like, <laughs> nope, I just still got some work to do. <laughs> Amen. Been there, sister. Amen. You know, it is and it isn't. I think that um, we can't do it. We can't do it anyway. So once we really accept that we can't make this change and turn it over to God, then it becomes easier. Because God takes control of it. We've given him permission to make the change. Yeah. Sometimes we want to snatch it back. Well, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you find out you don't have it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it, and it says if we want to be sane in heaven, we got to be a saint on earth. The traits of character we have in life will not be changed by death or the resurrection. You know, many people think, oh, I, I, when I come up, I'm going to have a new uh, attitude and better temperament. Uh, you're going to come up from the grave the same as you went down in terms of your character and your disposition. Says Jesus does not change your character at his coming. The work of transformation, meaning changing of character, must be done now. Our daily lives are determining our destiny. That sounds pretty interesting. Our daily lives are determining our destiny. If we really understand and believe that, what would we do differently? Well, I think about how we prepare for the Sabbath or lack thereof. So, you know, whatever we're doing Friday, and I think about some of the music that I might be playing while I'm cutting the grass on Friday, and then the Sabbath comes in, that music <laughs> that music follows me into the Sabbath. So I need to be trying to prepare myself throughout that day for that. Another thing popped into my mind, Lee, is you get married, sometimes you're dating a girl or dating somebody, and you and for some reason, some of us guys think once we give them our name, they're going to have a little bit more respect for us, or they're going to do what we say a little bit more. But once we get married, it's like that. what you, what you had before, you're going to get now. So it don't just change <laughs> just because you put your name on her. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Oh. Lee, I want to back up for a minute to the mm-hmm. last paragraph. Go ahead. And uh, this is something that struck me, and I want to see what you all think. It says, as Satan's power increases and his devices are multiplied, skill, aptness, and sharp generalship should be exercised by those in charge of the flock of God. As Satan's power increases, I'm like, okay, why is his power increasing? You're on paragraph well, 89.3. 89.3 at the bottom, yeah. Say, you know, Karen, I kind of highlighted that too. And his devices are multiplied. What in the world? You know, we know that he has a short time. We know that he is sending his demons and his spirits. I think y'all had a conversation about demons and spirits today. Lee. Uh, sending his demons and spirits out to really kind of gather together the world and the, and the, and the, to his devices. But that's the first time I've really heard his power is increasing and his devices are multiplying. And I realized that he never lost any power when he came down here. Right. He never lost but power, I but I didn't know his power was increasing. Why is his power increasing? It makes sense. Though. Well, well, Karen, you know, as I pondered that, I said, as we get closer and we get closer to Christ, for those who's trying and you know, to live a life and, and draw closer to Christ, knowing he's coming soon. I said, maybe this is why his powers is increasing because God is going to let him run that course to show us this is what he is capable of doing and that he wants to do to destroy our relationship with God. But I think they're, they're letting him run his course so that when we get to heaven, we'll be able to testify this is the things that was done and, and, and Satan is a liar, the author of the liar. But here's the thing I'm thinking too, Patsy, is that, you know, 
if his power is increasing, that means that our hold on the Lord needs to be so solid and our hold needs to be, it's almost like we need to be solidifying our hold on the Lord. Because if Amen. Satan's power is increasing, and if, and if, you know, we know he already came down with great power, then how in the world will we make it in if we are not looking to the Lord, strengthening our relationship with the Lord, making sure that Satan doesn't pull us away from the Lord? Um, you know, it almost makes me think of a sci-fi movie where, and I don't know which one exactly, but it seems like I've seen one like this where, the evil power as he gains, as he, as he devours, as the evil power devours people in his pathway, his power increases. You know what I mean? Well, you know, that, that's why I think that they, the Lord has put in the Bible that the, the path, you know, straight path is going to be narrow. I mean, we're going to go, by the time we, we make it in, we're going to know that we made it in because of the love of God in our lives, because we're in these last days, things are going to find, things are going to get worse, and it's going to get worse for God's chosen people and His remnant church. So we're going to go through some things that some of us may end up being killed and have to give up our lives in order just to be able to, you know, make it through to the kingdom of heaven. And because Satan will be so powerful. Because, you know, I think it talks in the Bible, you won't be able to believe what's in your, with your eyesight in these last days. Because right. he's going to be impersonating, you know, your loved ones and stuff. And if you're not grounded and you don't know what God says about your loved one is dead and they know nothing else about this world, you'll be, you know, your mind and, and your eyes will let you believe that they're there. Right. Mm. Well, what we had talked about earlier, and Andre mentioned again that when Satan was cast to this earth, he wasn't no power was taken from him. He was limited in what he could do. Uh, just like with Job, he was limited until God said, Okay, I'm gonna let you go a little farther. So at the end of time, we know that the Holy Spirit is gonna be loosening his uh, connection to this earth. The winds of strife are gonna be loosened. And it will seem like Satan's powers increases, but it's not like he's getting an extra battery back or nothing. It's that God is loosening his hold on the planet. And so it seems that Satan can do more. But I'm thinking like this, too. This, I'm thinking this way. The head we not sinned, we will become increasingly stronger as we go along through eternal life. And I think that is a, a natural process uh, if we had not sinned. But because we have sinned and because we do not have the power pack from the tree of life going on, then our power decreases. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean for Satan that his power is going to decrease because of, um, because of sin on earth. You know, he's just going to be burning by the lake of fire. I don't know. I have never heard where his power is going to decrease at all. And in fact, it may continue on the course that it was going to continue on. Doesn't mean he's stronger than the holy angels. We're going to get weaker. He's getting stronger. The holy angels are loosening, you know, and allowing more of his stuff to come through anyway. So, yeah, we got some people are going to get it. I don't plan to get it, but other people can get it. Oh, uh, let's see. It, you know, what that just tells me, too, though, is that, and the Bible says it, it said, um, even the very elect might be deceived. Yeah. Yes. You know, and so that just tells me that we really need a firm hold on the Lord, you mm -hmm. know, that 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 we could be walking in darkness and walking in deception and think we're walking in the light, mm -hmm. except yeah. that we study to show ourselves approved, except that we um, have a firm determination and with the help of the Lord walk that straight and narrow path and stay on it. Yes, we may fall down, but but. But here's the important thing. We still have to be on that straight and narrow path because it don't do us no good to fall down on the broad path <laughs> and get back up and continue on the broad path. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of where, we where we were talking about the transformation must be done now. Mm -hmm. our, our daily lives are determining our destiny. Then it says defects of character must be repented and overcome through the grace of Christ. 
a symmetrical character must be formed while in the probationary state, that's where we're at now in the probationary state, that we may be fitted for the mansions above. So uh, it's very true. We need to be on our guard and working for, uh, working towards allowing God's Holy Spirit to live through us more fully and more uh, throughly. Uh, where are we? 90.3 says, there is nothing in the kingdom of God to disturb or annoy. You know, sometimes you just in this world, in this life, a lot of stuff disturbs you and annoys you. And it might be the neighbor's lawnmower. It might be bugs flying around. It might be somebody sound of somebody's voice. But when we get to heaven, there won't be anything like that. Uh, 90.3. There will be nothing in the kingdom of God to destroy or annoy. And it says, this is the life that is promised to the overcomer, a life of happiness and peace, a life of love and beauty. Anybody want that kind of life? Sure. Amen. Amen. Yeah, it's just so nice. Have you ever, anybody ever had a, uh, got in a hammock? Anybody ever got in a hammock? And just mm -hmm. aren't things so peaceful? Mm -hmm. So peaceful and calm and life, you know, you outside and you you hear the birds and the bees and the sun or the shade is on you. And man, it's just so careful. Yeah, we were on the beach on one. Oh, so that yeah. was even better. <laughs> yeah. Just peace. Peace, looking up at the looking up at the palm trees and the sun coming, you know, sun on the beach. And oh yeah, it was wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the Bible says, Blessed is the man that that pursues peace and seeks it. So we should be looking for those type of opportunities to enjoy the peace and the beauty that God has for us here. It says, Those that overcome the world, the flesh and the devil will be the be the favored ones who shall receive the seal of the living God. Those whose hands are not clean, whose hearts are not pure, will not have the seal of the living God. And that's something. Yeah, and then the next sentence, Lee, those who are planning sin and acting on it will be passed by. Yeah. Only those who, in their attitude before God, are filling the position of those who are repenting and confessing their sins and the great anti-typical day of atonement will be recognized and marked as worthy of God's protection. That's interesting. No denying that spells it out, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And then the last sentence on that is uh, the names of those who are steadfastly looking and waiting and watching for the appearing of their Savior more earnestly and wishfully then they who wait for the morning will be numbered with those who are sealed. So we need to be steadfastly looking and waiting and watching for the appearing of the Savior. Where the scripture says, watch and pray, what should, be, what should we be watching and praying for? His soon return. It's like, it's like Andre kind of makes this reference sometimes. It's like you mother, your mother told you to do something before she gets home from work. And then um, you, you watch TV all day or whatever, you're playing outside all day. And then you hear her in the driveway and you know she's gonna be in the house in just a minute. And you haven't done what she asked you to do. And so you, you, you hear her coming, which means that you know she's coming, but you haven't been doing what you were supposed to be doing prior to you know, her getting there. And, 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 and as far as the Lord is concerned, when he says watch and pray, we have to be cooperating with the Holy Spirit for the working out of our own salvation. And we have to have, as we said, such a hold and a grip on the Lord that we are being transformed into his character day by day, his character day by day. So that means that there will be things that we will turn away from, people that we would turn away from television programs and movies that we will turn off things on our computers that we will turn away from because we will recognize this will not help me form the character of Christ. And I'm thinking too, um, like Karen says, we're watching all for those things that may 
us, watching our own character development, we are, you know, who we are, what we are, and also watching the signs of the times, watching to see, you know, there we we have to be aware of what's going on in this world and, and praying for the Holy Spirit, praying to become a, for a victory over these things in our lives, and um, also praying that we will. Um, that we will be able to, you know, recognize the signs of the time and be able to move when God says. But we really have to have that relationship with God together, because, you know, He's got to guide us. You know, you don't right. want to get out into the wilderness. This why says we bring a time of trouble upon ourselves. We don't mm. want, to, but at the same time, we don't want to be, you know, so comfortable that we like put the time of trouble off when, you know, our friends call us and say they chasing me in the wilderness. Girl, you got to get out of there. You're like, well, wait a minute. I'm I come. I gotta finish watching this. Too. Our friends not gonna call us because they're gonna have to get rid of them phones because that's what that's a tracking device. <laughs> it is a tracking device. It is. Uh, to watch and pray means a lot of things, doesn't it? To pay, yes. which is why we always talk about how it's good to know what's going on in the world because we can't just focus on what's happening here in Florissant or Spanish Lake or City of St. Louis because this is a worldwide. Uh, event that's going to happen. Things that are going on around the globe are showing us that Christ is soon to return. But if all we look at is what's happening in our own backyard, we might miss those signs. So it's very true. Watching and praying uh, encompasses a lot more than, you know, just sitting watching the uh, TV and stuff. And I think too, Lee, um, because the Bible tells us that the, the devil is going to be working with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, mm -hmm. which, which, which taps into that earlier uh, thing that, that his power is increasing. And, and I like what you said that as this Holy Spirit is being withdrawn from the world, the devil is given more free reign than he had before. And I remember reading something in the spirit of prophecy that said that there are demons that the, the devil cannot control. And God has them chained in a pit. But as he withdraws the Holy Spirit, he's going to release those demons that the devil can't control. Now, can you imagine that? Demons that the devil himself can't control? We got and enough. So, yeah. Huh? Yeah. I say, say? We got enough to deal with now. Right, right. And so, and so if you are not, like I said, go back and goes back to, if you are being deceived and you are not watching and praying and Lord help me not to be deceived and, and earnestly, earnestly, like during, like during the, that 10 days uh, of, uh, in the, in the Bible before the day of atonement, you know, afflicting yourself before the Lord to make sure that you don't have any sin on you, then you may be among those that are going to be deceived. You may be among those that the Lord allows to believe a lie because you haven't been doing the work necessary to be purified. Hmm. Any other thoughts? Uh, just on that next sentence, it's um, paragraph 91.1. And it says, those who... Uh, having all the light of truth flashing upon their souls, those who should have works corresponding to their avowed faith, but are allured by sin, setting up idols in their heart, corrupting their souls before God, and polluting those who unite with them in sin, will have their names blotted out of the book of life and be left in midnight darkness, having no oil in their vessels with their lamps. What do y'all think about that paragraph? Anything pop out to you? What stands out to me is that it's saying, it says, while having all the light. So that means they did have the light and the truth. So it makes me think of those that just said, I'm not going to do it God's way. I want to do it my way. Mm. And I think, too, Lee, that we are held accountable for our influence. So if we're, we're luring other people into sin or we are... Uh, ourselves, allowing ourselves to be Lord in the sin. You know, Lee, there's a lot of things that the Lord gives us victory over, but then some people turn around and go back looking for that same sin that the Lord has already given us victory over, mm -hmm. you know? And so, and then, and then, you know, because birds of a feather flock together, people who are, are 
I guess, following after their besetments, they're not going to be looking for people who are trying to put away sin and trying to put away idol, their idols. You know what I'm saying? So they're going to hang out with people who like, like-minded people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, yes. and, and so, you know, we have to be very careful who we choose as friends. We have to be very careful of our influence on other people. Amen. And and our influence should be a telling influence for righteousness and for uh, the Lord. And you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Also, we got to watch friendly fire. I'm talking about people, your family, you know, they could lead you astray too. Well, amen. Amen. (laughs) <laughs> friendly fire huh <laughs> you know I, don't, I wouldn't think of um your family members as being friendly fire as much as church members and that's why i think but, but we amen. are all family we're all one family under the lord church you know what I'm saying? that's right I'm amen amen oh, okay if you're amen. Looking at, i'm thinking more specifically not of the birth family because you kind of know them you know what's what with them but sometimes we don't see it coming from our church members, you know, and just, you know, even, even, and I hop, pause because I got to know it's me saying this again, even the leaders of the church, man, you got to be careful. You just can't sit down and listen to a sermon just because a person's name is an evidence pastor. You can't just, it's not like that anymore. You got to pay attention to you. Go to your Bible, check it out, and see what is what. Because you know it may not all be kosher. It may not all be right. Yeah, I checked but today you know, with all in there. And, her, and, and when, you know, I wait a minute, I'm, and here's another thing. The problem with that is, you know, okay, if it was a pastor, not a, you know that you don't know, you'd be on your on your guards. But you go and you're getting a little bit, a little bit every week. Every week you're getting this stuff, and then it might, uh, you might find yourself, you, you look up and you're so far away from where you thought you were going. But you know, I know we're talking about people, but I think with me, advertisement too, because I can pick up an ad and I, and I ain't gonna lie, I see some cheesecake or something, and I know, I tell myself, put that ad down. Don't look back at it because you'll be trying to go, go on your little piggy bank and get every penny that you have to go get something that's not going to be good for your body, knowing you are type 2 diabetic. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. even the stuff that that they send through the mail sometimes, you know, I said it's trying to lure you into that sin that you know that it's not good for you and God is trying to help you with. So I have to learn how to just, when I'm looking at them ads, if it ain't got some, you know, fruits or vegetables or something that I know is going to be healthy for me, I got to put it in the, in the recycling bin. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you had mentioned earlier, Patsy, that these folks have had the light of truth flashing upon their souls, but then ended up being allured by sin and following the devil. What does it say is going to happen with their names? Blotted they're going to blot out. them out. So when it says blotted out, what does that mean? They're not going to be there. It'll be gone. Disappeared. I mean, they had to be in there, first of all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were like, ooh, that's... Yeah, these people oh, yeah, had accepted Christ. And they were following the light of truth, but got led astray. We had studied... And that brings that, brings that story <laughs> that once saved, always saved. That makes that a uh-huh. lie, too, when you read this. Yep. Yeah, back to what you said on about the advertisement too. We do have to be careful with those advertisements, whether it's food or other things, you know, like um, you're looking at the mail-ins, but I'm looking at sometimes we're looking at TV shows like um, the mansions of the rich and the famous and the life of the super rich. And then you get discontent with what you have. (laughs) You know, that's another way of kind of um, coveting what other people have, you know? So, yeah, you do have to. I hadn't really thought too much about it until just now. Mm-hmm. You have to be careful with what you're exposing yourself to. Yeah. So, if, I don't know. Y'all probably remember this, but a few years ago in our class, we were studying about um, talking about the book of life and salvation, et cetera. 
And we did point out that when a person accepts Christ as Savior, their name is in the book of life. But that stuff could happen like we're reading now, that their names get blotted out of the book of life and be left in darkness, having no oil in their vessels with their lamps. So right now, um, our lives have to be controlled by the principles that Christ lived by. Our lives have to be examples of the way Christ lived his life. It says on 92.1, our work now, right now, while we have opportunity and chance, our work is to prepare for those mansions that God is preparing for those who love him and keep his commandments. And it says the Lord Jesus will enlarge every mind and heart for the reception of the Holy Spirit. So he's going to even help us to be receptive for the Holy Spirit. I was reading the other day that uh, we're called for repentance, but that repentance doesn't give you salvation. Repentance prepares your mind and heart for the Holy Spirit's influence. And Jesus is going to make it even uh, easier for us or better for us to receive his Holy Spirit so that we can accept the latter rain when it comes forth. On but you know, Elder Carroll, too many people, and I'm just saying in general, are, are waiting for a pastor to tell them. And I've even talked to a couple, you know, my, my friends, they, they're not reading for themselves. They're like, well, the pastor said, and if, if the pastor is telling them once saved, always saved, they think they can go out here and do anything they want. But I've been baptized and once saved, always saved. And I, you know, I just kind of wonder, you know, why would I listen to a man on earth to tell me once saved is always saved and I'm out here doing sin and all I got to do is just walk into the church and get and pray and ask for forgiveness because I know what my pastor said and I thought, I'm not going to leave my salvation up to a man. And I said, I'm going to leave it up to Jesus telling me, you know, this is what I need for you to do in order to enter my kingdom and live forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what we're called to do, put forth self-denying efforts to save those who are lost, to save those who have strayed from the fold, to come back to Jesus, right? It said the question, for, or the, parag the title of this lesson is, who will be in heaven? And those who have come back to the fold will also be in heaven. You know, when they used to have a homecoming at churches, and then the homecoming, they have a big dinner and big festivities, and all the people that had left church or moved away would come back, you know. So uh, those who have left the fold of Christ but come back through self-denying efforts of the many uh, will come back to follow Jesus before it's too late. So, again, that's why we always say never give up on your family or friends. Uh, continue praying for others. Continue praying for those who don't know Christ. Continue praying for your friends or relatives who were once in the church and now they're not for whatever reason because there will come a time where the Lord is going to enlarge our hearts and our minds to be more receptive to his Holy Spirit. So right now, maybe those people aren't receptive, but God is going to help them to make the right decision at all costs. So let us thank the Lord weary and well-doing, but let's continue to keep others in our prayers as well. And then also- Amen. It says, who else will be in heaven? His well-beloved brothers. That's paragraph 92.3. Uh -huh. This was very interesting. The black man's, black name. man's name is written in the book of life beside the white man. The white man's Beneath, not above, but beside the white man. All are one in Christ. Birth, station, nationality, or color cannot elevate or degrade men. Now, it's too bad people didn't understand that. We wouldn't have all this prejudice and hatred going on. But where you're born at, what uh, economic level you're in, what nationality or your skin color does not elevate or degrade you. It's the character that counts. And if a red man, a China, Chinese person or an African gives his heart to God in obedience and faith, Jesus loves him nonetheless because of his color he calls him his well-beloved brother wouldn't it be an amazing world if all of us humans could understand and believe and follow that what would the difference be amen what would the difference be if all of us 
believed and followed that. It would have never we been definitely slavery. wouldn't have had slavery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no slavery. George Floyd to be alive. Yeah. It's no Jim Crow. Well, the truth is there'd be a lot more peace on the world. There wouldn't be so many wars. There wouldn't be so much murder and killing. You know, and I say it wouldn't be so much because people would still be led by the devil. Some people would just still be led by the devil to harm and kill and mistreat others. But if we could just get that into our mind and heart, all the racism and prejudice and hatred would end. Because how many people hate their brother or sister? A whole lot. And Jesus calls each and every person who accepts him his well-beloved brother. So, you know, let's on our own, let's consider each person our own well-beloved brother. Get away from the hatred and the prejudice, you know, and the uh, ranking people by what color they are and ranking people by what kind of car they have or how much money. And let's just look at each person as a child of the king. Each person is a sinner saved by God's grace. Each person is a, a, a star in someone's crown, hopefully. You know, and if we can do that, we can have a little bit of heaven right here on earth in our own lives. Amen. So, Amen. Yeah, we'll stop here and we'll pick up in two weeks right here where it says, those the redeemed have taught about Jesus. Those, those are another group of people that will be in heaven. Those whom the redeemed have taught about Jesus. And think about it for a uh, couple of weeks from now. Who have, who have you taught about Jesus? Who have you attempted to teach about Jesus? Who have you worked to tell about Jesus? Who have you witnessed to about Jesus? Because those are the people who potentially You got eviction notice today. In heaven. That doesn't mean you're going to get evicted. One of us. I mean, that's the start of the process. On this paragraph? If you go to court, I mean, can you be overtime? Andre Young, speaker. Any other thoughts on this uh, reading today? If not, Karen, uh, where are we at for next week? Uh, we're in Testimonies for the Church, Volume 1, uh, Chapter 84. And we're going to be starting at Paragraph 470.2. Okay, 470.2. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, let's uh, end with a word of prayer, and then we can cut off our live feed. Dear Father, we thank you so much for blessing us with a beautiful time fellowshipping together. We thank you for your holy scriptures. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your testimonies. We thank you for your prophetic writings, dear Lord, which give us a little bit of insight into what you have prepared for us, for those who are faithful to you, even unto death. We ask and pray that you'll give us strength and courage, Lord, enlarge our hearts and our minds to be receptive to your Holy Spirit's influence, that we might be prepared vessels living a Christian life here on earth and living a Christian life in heaven. In your precious name, Jesus, we thank you. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everyone. Amen. Amen.